the business. I'm performing tonight, you know that shit gonna be packed. Pay me in advance and make sure that it's exact. My ex girl will probably show up for the simple fact that tomorrow she gets. Welcome to another episode of Champions of the West, your official Colin Castleton fan club. If you listen to us from November, we told you so. If you haven't been listening to us from November, this is March. Welcome. We're uh, we're happy to have you, Nikki. How how are we doing? We're we're getting into March and things are heating up. Exactly, getting into. Getting into basketball mode for me. I'd say I watch 95% of the Michigan games and a lot of the Big Ten games and some national games now. Yeah. I'm just flicking on games. You're just on games. You mean like before the season? Yeah, exactly. It's March. Now I'm getting into I'm getting into March mode for gambling, for all the all the different brackets. There's a lot going on. Things are starting to heat up. I'm excited. And Sean, we will be visiting your fair city in ten days' time. Uh, how are you getting ready for us? Oh, dude. Well, that's gonna that's gonna have to stay between me, myself, and I. I got a I got a whole host of things we're gonna be doing. I mean, we're VIP, so um, wow. rest assured, I got I got I got a lot of stuff on the agenda for the you know for the podcast listeners. But hey, you know, March is here, and it starts off with a Michigan State loss, and uh, ends with the biggest Michigan road win since Villanova. So uh, things are kind of falling into form as they have the last couple of years, and. Um, I'm psyched. I think that uh, we're we're kind of right where we want to be. Yeah. No, I agree with that. The Michigan State loss was in February because Beeline owns Izzo in March. So just just a quick... no Michigan State lost in February, right? No, I thought. Wait, what? Didn't Michigan... they lose? They lost this weekend. Oh, yeah. Michigan State lost to Indiana. Sorry, I thought you meant our loss to Michigan State. You're right. You're totally right. Um, before this is what happens when we're not in the same city, Josh. You know, I, I mean. There. In a couple of weeks, we'll get there. Yeah. But, uh, but let's let's quickly start with uh, the week's games with Nebraska. Um, I think I tweeted or I texted this to you guys that uh, it's kind of amazing that Tim Miles even has five players that want to go out there and play. Because if you watch the game on Thursday, it didn't look like it. No. It, it looked like those players would rather be anywhere else. He uh, benched his two-star players for the first eight minutes of the second half because I think they combined 0 for 10 in the first half. Uh, Michigan won 82-53. to 53. Probably the biggest takeaway, uh, Colin Castleton is the backup five. Um, as we've kind of been saying all season, we've been waiting to see who it's going to be. Um, the three of us are, are probably uh, one, two, and three in the fan club. We'll find um, that clip of Josh talking. We'll go back into the archives. I, I did. I will have to clip it in. I think he's going to be similar to Mo, where they don't play him much at the beginning, but by the end of his freshman year, he gets in and he's playing in a tournament game and he's actually making an impact. Um, I think the last 10 or 15 games, he becomes the backup big to Teske. Castleton, I thought, would be our man for five or ten minutes at the end of the year. Uh, Sean, I don't know if you watched this game or if you did, you probably watched it half-heartedly as we did here. Um, were there any real takeaways for you against a, a pretty dejected Nebraska team? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm really surprised by the way Nebraska folded. I think Isaiah Roby was one of those guys who has the athleticism to really make a mark in the Big Ten. I actually think he was a dark horse for an all Big Ten kind of player. I mean, as you remember last year, he tore us up. Um, 
it's it's really a shame to see a, a team just fall apart like that. You know, credit to the Big Ten. They're probably the outlier in, in just kind of giving up. Um, you know, if you look at Penn State or U, U of I, both of those teams have kind of had a resurgence in the second half of the season. And, you know, Josh, you mentioned Colin Castleton. He he was awesome to, to kind of see him coming to his own. And just kind of have the, the game was a little slower slower for him. He wasn't trying to do yeah. too much too quick, uh, which was nice to see. And then finally, Dave DeJulius getting more playing time, getting more run. Um, so this this game was nice because it gave some of our starters a little bit of a break. And we were able to crush the, the spread. Um, and not just for betting purposes, but more just for confidence purposes, which we kind of haven't done in a while. For sure. Um, Nick, any any kind of grand takeaways, anything you were excited about? I think you guys touched on both the things I wanted to cover with, obviously, Colin Castleton and David Julius, who looks literally like a, a spitting image of Xavier he's Simpson. He's a Simpson clone out yeah, there. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like, it is crazy. I think he's almost quicker than Simpson. Yeah. He just doesn't have the finishing, which we'll get to. Obviously, oh, sure. we'll, we will. we'll talk. We'll yeah. talk circus. We'll talk. We, we are hook shots connoisseurs on this podcast. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> um, but yeah, like he got to the hoop. He got blocked. I'd say in both the Nebraska and yeah. the Maryland game, which yep. we'll talk about. Yep. Um, so he's got to work on that. But yeah, he looked good. I think this game is tough because it was a blowout, basically from the under eight in the first first half. I want to say. Yeah. Um, it is tough to judge because, yeah, Nebraska quit. They totally quit. And I don't know if I agree with Dan Dakich calling out the players on a nationally televised game. Yeah, I don't love that. Um, for quitting, but when their coach is kind of leading that charge and saying, if they fire me, I'm still getting paid. I can't believe he said that. Yeah, like, he said that on Jeff Goodman's podcast. Yeah, it's yeah not a great look. Not a good look, and no. if I'm a player, I'm – not feeling great about my coaching staff either. No, so I agree. I think we got Nebraska at a time that's probably been the worst stretch of their whole season. Agreed. And I think that kind of parlayed with us getting to be able to try some things out. So for sure. I mean my, my one takeaway on Nebraska is I think James Palmer Jr. is actually a very nice player. Um I think if Beeline had Isaiah Roby, I think he's a DJ Wilson type bet player, but actually more skilled and Roby would have been in the NBA by his sophomore junior. I completely I, agree. I think I think line would have molded him into like an all star, like an all league player at the four. I, I just yep. I just watch him play and I'm just like, oh, if you gave he's clay that Beeline would have molded into a a a beautiful Wolverine. Instead um, now he's like my fifth grade project. Exactly. Um <laughs> So not, not a little piggy bank. Oh man, not not huge performances from Jordan Poole and Xavier Simpson in the Nebraska game, but in the Maryland game, which we should move to because that the Nebraska game was close for about as long as we talked about the Nebraska game. Uh, Xavier Simpson to me cemented himself for first team All Big Ten. Um, I think that he and uh, Cassius Winston should be the two guards. I don't really think it's close. Um, but Simpson was masterful. Um, I think if you look at the box score, you know, 12 points, 10 assists is great, but the reality is for the six minute stretch or eight minute stretch, he wasn't on the floor. Michigan was minus eight. And when he was on the floor, he was a complete master on offense. Um, I saw a couple things today, how Simpson limited Anthony Cowan to four of 15, 
But what people don't note is that Cowan made three of his four field goals with less than two minutes. So really, Simpson shut him down entirely for 35 of Cowan's 37 minutes on the floor. Um, I mean, the other big takeaway for me was Bruno Fernando is going to be playing in the NBA. Um, if he can develop half a jump shot, he can be playing in the NBA for a long, long time. I just think his body and his defensive abilities and his ability to know where to be on the floor are awesome. Um, Michigan held him to 12 points on five for 13 shooting. I mean, he's going to get his, you know, he's going to have those shots. He's going to have those dunks. Um, but I thought Teske played a, a phenomenal game too. Um, and the one guy that we haven't really talked to, or we've talked about, but I feel like the rest of the Michigan media and national landscape hasn't talked about is Isaiah Livers who played 37 minutes in this game and was just, phenomenal um I, I think when he moves into a starting role next year whether that be Iggy's or Charles's or whoever's I think he's going to be a 12 to 15 point a game scorer and I think he's going to be so so good um I think he's got a chance to have a DJ Wilson type leap next year and we're kind of seeing a little bit of his game expanding um and you know two wins in a row it's kind of all the momentum you can ask for going into a huge game against Michigan State Nikki, kind of what what did you think about this Maryland game? I know we watched it together yesterday, and and we were thrilled with the result. Um, you know, what'd you think? Yeah, I mean, I'll touch on our our guy, our guy Livers. We we love Nick, Nick. If if the three of us are the Castleton fan base, Nick and I have been beating the Isaiah Livers drum from day one. We we are his biggest supporters for yeah. sure. I mean, I think he scores, makes all the right plays at all the right times. Yeah. Like legitimately, I can't think of something where I'm just like, oh, I, why did Livers do that? He's not a he great never, dribbler. Not a great dribbler. That's he, the only but thing he knows that. And I yes. don't think he like, the yeah. only reason you say that is because there was that one dribble in the game when he was bringing it up court yeah. and you were just like, oh no, no, no. But there's, a couple, he, there's a couple times like he realizes that. and he's like, yeah. I'm going to stop dribbling 100%, now. 100% and he'll give it up to somebody. Yeah, exactly. Sure. Yeah. But we haven't even talked about Iggy. I mean, yeah. the dude it's put on a clinic. In College Park. Yeah, he did. The dude just took the air out of the whole place. Yeah, that was his Stauskas-esque. Exactly, yeah. He Michigan kissed the State crowd, our Lithuanian-Canadian. Yeah, exactly. We need we, we need one. If there, if there are any listening or any in the pipeline, we need another one, please. Yeah. Um, yeah, Iggy was outstanding. 21 right? points. I yeah. mean, and he For made sure. it look – he made it look like easy. He was a man among boys out there getting to the hole. Yep. Both – way, like left, right. It Agreed. was – it was pretty it impressive was, because was, I feel like for a while he came back to earth as a freshman. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, as these other freshmen are coming up, Castleton to Julius, he's like, wait, I've been here all year. Yeah. These guys are making the jump to where I started. Now I got to make this jump with everyone else. So the question for you is Maryland plays, I guess Jalen Smith only played 20 minutes, but Maryland plays two bigs a lot. Um, and he definitely took advantage of that. Do you think that's, and I thought he had a great game too. I'm not taking anything away, but do you think part of his ability to do that was, um, you know, not having to go against more of a wing type player? Absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah, I think we set up really well against Maryland. I think so too. I hope um, we draw them in the Big Ten. Yeah, exactly. I think yeah. the way they work through Fernando and try to bring it into him, let him yeah. see if he can get position and then kick it back out. Like it's literally perfect for our defense because we switched so much. And, like, no one ever actually gets super, super open from going driving in and kicking it out. Well, and, and I think a lot of their offense is predicated on Cowan. And yeah, if exactly. Xavier Simpson if they shut is, him down. is shutting him down, then guys like Ayala and Marcel and guys like that yeah, can't exactly. have the impact they can normally have. Yeah, sure. and it's like both these games obviously have been close, but it was like it got to a certain point where you felt comfortable. Yeah, And it was like 
Maryland just can't win this game, even when they get it to within five, because we're going to come down and get a bucket or get a stop. I was going to say, Sean, didn't it feel like every single time down the floor in the last four minutes were like, I don't know when, I don't know how Michigan is I mean, going yeah, to score. I think that this, there was only a handful of games this season where it's been, you know, within five to seven points throughout the game. Um, you know, that Wisconsin, our, our first uh, bout and our first loss of the season, Michigan State and Maryland, right? In those first two games, Wisconsin and Michigan State, we came out on the losing end. And this game, beyond it being our first and uh, hopefully not last road win against a, a Big Ten team with a winning conference record. Uh, well, Will, Sean, it, it will be because the rest of the games are – oh, sorry. No, we have one more game against the road. You're right. I thought it was all neutral um, games, but continue. Thank you, Josh. Um, <laughs> beyond, beyond that, but, I mean, <laughs> for me, the biggest thing was, hey, this is this was – felt like a 50-50 game, especially between like the 16-minute and the 12-minute mark of the second half without Xavier Simpson. You kind of thought, uh-oh, like yeah. these guys could run away with it, raucous crowd up in uh, College Park. Um, yeah, and then, all, I mean, our defense was just absolutely stifling, especially without having Charles Matthews on the floor, one of our best perimeter defenders and you know, most athletic guys on the team. Uh, we, you know, we were able to shut, shut him down uh, and that kind of from – eight minutes beyond. I, I absolutely want to second the Iggy praise. I think that his first half was one of those halves where if he played like that all year, um, he's an, he's a lottery pick kind of guy. He, he was playing downhill, yeah. almost similar to like a Zion Williamson kind of um, imposing as well. I mean, he's a freshman. He played 36 minutes. He drew nine fouls. He committed zero. And, he helped yeah. force Jalen Smith to only ha- play 20 minutes in the game because of his aggressiveness. Um, if Iggy channels yeah. that, we're going to be an incredibly difficult team to stop. And Isaiah Livers, I mean, he's shooting better than anyone else on our team in conference play, um, leading our team in three-point point percentage. Uh, that's going to have to stay. I, uh, we still haven't really seen the offense click this in the, in the conference, and he's going to be a big part of that. Um, I guess one interesting stat that we talked about at the very beginning of the year was if John Teske was going to shoot, was going to make 33s and and have 30 blocks. Well, John's at like 65 plus blocks. He's at 21 threes. Mm, what do you if think he, he gets, gets there, there we have an elite eight kind of run, right? Like how many more games do we have? Five, hopefully. Six. Well, more. Hopefully, right? More. Like, if he gets well, to 30, we have a good season. We, yeah. we, we're we at least in the Sweet 16. Yeah. So that number, I think, is actually going to be crucial to uh, you know, to our success. So those are kind of my takeaways. I mean, biggest home, biggest road win we've had since Villanova, and you could argue is bigger just because of the interconference implications and losing Charles Matthews. Yeah. No, I, I think I think you're totally right with that. Um, I, I I guess I have two questions almost directly to as a follow up to that. Um, if and when Charles Matthews comes back, because we assume he's coming back. What do you do with livers? Um, because I think all six of your pseudo starters need to play 30 plus minutes a game. I, and I think Simpson is going to play a ton of minutes. 
Um, I would be fine moving Iggy down to the two a little bit and chipping away at Jordan Poole's minutes because, to be honest, he's been kind of yeah. disappointing. Like, you expect to hit a freshman wall, but it feels like Poole's hitting a sophomore wall. Um, can Beeline, A, can he do that? And then, B, um, what do you want the bench rotation to look like? Because at the beginning of the season, Eli Sean Brooks. was uh, definitely number one, two, and three in the I'm Eli Brooks the fan wagon. club. And uh, Eli Brooks is lost. E- Eli Brooks, um, I think, will be redshirting next year at another school. Um, Sean, I guess we'll start with you on this. Like, what is Beeline going to do, and and how do you see the rotation playing out so, moving forward? And who knows if I mean it's certainly a small sample size, but the offense has a has a different feel with Livers. You know, Nick, I think you hit the nail on the head. They you rarely see Livers make a bad play. I mean, he's had twenty turnovers, and he's had over you know six hundred and fifty plus minutes of, of game time. Um, yeah, the guy is just heady and, good. you know, he can stretch the floor and he's our best three-point shooter. So that alone almost demands him to get, you know, at least 25 minutes a game. I agree with you, Josh, on the premise of, of Poole kind of having a, a little bit more limited role. Uh, and I think that one of the reasons why we're not seeing his efficiency or you, we're seeing his efficiency wane a little bit is because of uh, just tired legs. Right. When we look at our team, we have guys who are journeymen. I mean, Xavier Simpson is just a machine. Iggy's a machine. Charles is a freak. John gets up and down the floor better than most big men, you know, in, in the history of Michigan basketball. Like, especially, especially at that size, size, right? How many yeah. guys can play 36 minutes at the five, especially guarding a, a, a you know, future NBA center? Uh, so I think sure. the tactical thing mm-hmm. is you you try to disperse that the minutes – um, at the two and you you fill that in with Iggy, maybe a little bit of Charles um, and you want to get livers on the floor as much as possible. You know, backup wise, I think Colin Castleton is a serviceable guy. Um, he only played four minutes in, in the game against Maryland and racked up three fouls, unfortunately. Um, but but still, I mean, he's he's better than Brandon Johns, right? Has Brandon John did Brandon Johns even get in the game? No, Brandon Johns didn't play. I mean, the, the difference is Brandon Johns is 6'8", and Castleton is more like 6'11", or 7 feet, and so he should really be playing yeah. the five. And he looks like he can control his hips. Yeah, Brandon Johns couldn't do yeah. that. Leg for sure. Yeah, so I mean, I think I think it's it's looking at and singling Jordan Poole out as the guy who you want to limit a little bit more, keep him fresh, and he's kind of the, the weak link on the squad right now. Yeah, so I think... I mean, my hope is that D-line goes Castleton, I don't know, between 6 and 10, back up five minutes a game. I, I think Livers has to play 30, and I'm curious what you think. And then I think Julius needs to play 8 or 10 backup guard minutes dispersed between 2 and 3. Or you think less? God, no, what do you I, think? Yeah, I, I think I hadn't thought of that until you brought it up. But until Poole can figure out how to stay on the floor defensively and offensively, yeah. Um, I think that Livers is going to start taking those minutes. And I, I mean, like, I guess like Livers will shift down to the three, like you're saying, or the four with Charles yep. and Iggy will take the two spot because I think he should. Yeah. Right? I mean, there's no point in playing your boy. Yeah, no point Sean. in playing our like, boy. There's no point in playing. Like, Eli Brooks shouldn't be on, shouldn't the, floor. Be on the floor. The offense no. just doesn't work well. Like, he ends up taking these, like, 15 to 18-foot jump shots. So I saw a great tweet that said, 
it's he, like, he takes those shots right when Simpson walks to the scorer's table and he's like, I know I'm yeah, coming I'm out. Get mine. I'm going to well. take yeah, a 15. Exactly. Always the same spot yeah. on one of the elbows. Yeah, 100%. exactly. And it's just like, it's so frustrating yeah. because it's like, he hasn't done anything terrible, but no. he hasn't made any impact. Where at least like, DeJulius will get out there, pump fake a couple guys, get some guys off their feet, yeah. get, open, yeah. get someone open. Like, He's not just running around and then looking for Julius gets people off his feet. Agreed. Um, Every single time Brooks pumps eight and no one one does anything. You know? Exactly. He's not a threat at all. And, like, the the teams know that. And, like, yeah, I don't know. I want to change subjects before we talk state. Yeah. We haven't done anything on the hook shot. We have to talk about the hook shot. We have to talk about the hook shot. I think from here on to the rest of the tournament, we're going to dedicate a couple minutes every podcast. We're going to call it Nick's Hooks, and uh, we're going to let Nicky just cook on the hook shot. So go ahead. I'm looking at this. I'm looking at these statistics right now. Out of hook shot leaders, minimum 20 attempts. Mm -hmm. We'll start with Xavier's seven inches shorter than the other smallest guy on here who's 6'7", and and they have Xavier listed at six feet. And and we know he's not six feet. No. But if he's six feet, I'm six three. And what are <laughs> yeah. you, Josh? Like I'm playing small forward at Michigan. <laughs> yeah. He's shooting he's shooting fifty-nine percent, which is probably arguably as good as he was shooting free throw percentage the first twenty 100%. games of the year. Yeah. Um he's twenty for thirty-four on the That's year. That's crazy. It's crazy. Like in like I guess someone for example, Ethan Happ is forty-three for seventy-eight. So like and that's I'd say that's probably the most impressive guy on here. He's taken way more attempts than anyone else at the but hook again, shot. But again, what is an Ethan Happ hook shot anyway? Exactly. Really the difference. No. And these are running hooks from the corner. Yeah. Uh, like the corner of the back. The corner, corner of the, the back. back. Yeah. It, it gets on the top of the – it's yeah. – I like – I don't even know how to describe it. It's something I've never seen in the game of basketball. It's something that you just kind of have to sit back and laugh. Like I, I feel like we were when we were watching yeah. the game yesterday, I just like – you kind of have to just cackle. I just like, wonder how so – ridiculous. I wonder how many reps he gets in. A day on the hook I don't show. Know. I hope a lot. Anyone? I've no. How many free throws would you shoot a day if you if you were a D one basketball player? Probably a couple hundred. Yeah, I was, I'd say one hundred fifty yeah. to two hundred if you are good taking a series. <laughs> yeah. So is he shooting? Is he shooting? I mean, when I was when I was saw the games live before, uh, you know, before, like during the warm ups, that was what he was doing almost exclusively. Uh, and the and the guy seems like he is a gym rat, right? I mean, you even look at the free throw percentage yeah. as a as a as a demonstration of how what what happens when you work really hard i mean his free throw percentage isn't some sort of issue anymore if ethan happ was able to transform his free throw percentage he'd be the big 10 player of the year so no i percent i completely agree i would say that the the hook shot that he had over bruno fernando in the first half may have been the most impressive shot we've seen since like the the jordan pool buzzer beater like oh my goodness how do you get? How do you get it up so high? Yeah, that was that was truly amazing, mesmerizing. Like, and it makes everyone like even anyone that like doesn't watch like basketball or like watch, like yeah. it's insane. Yeah, it's and the so Maryland bench was like, watch. and I don't like clearly shake, like literally shaking their head. Well, one, I think Ant Wright tweeted this that was like the Maryland bench looked at the guy on the scout team who was playing Xavier Simpson. So do you think? Who I think been... I think he definitely fucked around and took some hook shots in practice. Oh yeah, if you were the scout yeah, guy, why not? And and the coach was like, "Here, watch film," and you just see this little guy with the floppy hair running around taking hook shots. Fuck yeah, I'm taking hook shots in practice if I can get yeah, away with it. Exactly. Um, Sean, 
this I, I'm looking at Jordan Poole's minute stats. Um, I was just curious, and, and this kind of ties into my next question. Um, he played 12 minutes last year, and he's averaging 33 minutes this year, and not unrelated. He only took one three pointer in the game against Maryland and played wow. 38 minutes. Um, and all the good looks he got were layups. If you saw, Beeline was running a ton of backdoor cuts and actions for him to get shots to stay com- like com- comfortable and confident on the floor, but he didn't get any three-point looks, yeah. I think because of tired legs. That's that's honestly yes. And I think knowing what you can get from Livers and hopefully what you'll get out of Charles, I, I think you have to rework the rotation a bit. Um, with that, I mean, look, we've played 30 games and NBA is always a thing. And there are guys like the Big Ragu, like DiVincenzo, that break out during the Big Ten tournament or Big East tournament and the NCAA tournament that kind of come out of nowhere. But do you see anybody other than Charles leaving right now? I, I know we don't want to look toward next season, but through 30 games, I'm just kind of curious what you think. In terms uh, of I mean, I think Iggy is the only guy that potentially could – uh, I don't. I agree with you, Josh. Eli Brooks is probably no longer going to be part of the team. It's really tough when, yeah. And I think Austin yes, too, yeah. Um, I mean, if Iggy plays the way he did the first half of, and frankly, the entire game, shooting, getting twenty-one points on twelve shot attempts, he's going to be, uh, you know, he's going to be a guy with options. My gut, you know, initially in the season, I thought that he was going to leave. My gut says he stays. I think. Yeah, me too. I think I think one more year, and then after his sophomore year, he does the uh, yeah, Canadian right? like, two. Holy and cow! He's kind of he has the Stauskas Mo Wagner mold, and I'm not just saying that he's a good white guy um, who's skilled and you know, but he but he is. He, he definitely hate. is. He Let's loves the hate. From him. I mean, flexing your muscles, he blowing kisses to the to the fans. Neither of those guys really did that when they were freshmen. Um, so he's certainly a precocious guy um, who probably would get looked at this year, but you know, why don't you go be big 10 player of the year? Why don't you go potentially, you know, take your team to a national championship? Because I think next year will be better than we were this year. Um, you know, and why don't you go be in a, a lottery pick? So. Yeah. My, my guess is he declares looks and comes back. Um, and why wouldn't he? I mean, yeah. especially if he go if Michigan goes on a run, he should totally look. He is a big reason why, like look. a la Big Ragu. Yeah, I mean that dude literally got drafted from two games, three games, three, or maybe yeah. one game. I, I don't even know his <laughs> stats in the NCAA tournament. Before. He they, was pretty good. They played us like yeah. I mean they blitzed everybody. Yeah, they, they, they went on a run that year. So yeah. let's say that we play really well in the Big 10 tournament and he turns it on and he turns his 21 point outing into averaging, you know, 17 points the last year, last part of the year like yeah. could he could. could. I mean, I, sure. yeah, obviously Charles is gone yeah. and we'll replace him, but And I and I think if anything this means Pool comes back and needs to get stronger and needs to improve being able to play legitimately for 40 minutes or 45 yeah, minutes. Exactly. So we'll see. Um, and I guess, so the kind of with all this, like who off the bench, are we thinking just Castleton and DeJulius? Like, did we kind of cover that or was there somebody else? And I guess it would be Castleton, DeJulius and Livers off the bench, or do we see even somebody else kind of making a late appearance or, or is that I kind mean, of, I would say it's, it's on, the obviously. one missed opportunity. And this is you know, hindsight's 2020, of course, is, Brandon John's not getting run at the four 
right? He was playing out of position as a, as a freshman. And, Agreed. you know, I think yeah. he would have made a nice impact getting five to seven minutes, um, you know, being a strong rebounder and a decent defender and, and making a slight contribution. Right now, it seems like it's going to be tough for him to get on the floor. Um, but, you know, beyond potentially him, him playing at the power forward spot, I, I unfortunately don't see much, right? I mean, Eli Brooks is taken two steps back from being our starter at the beginning of last year to being a guy who like is luckily lucky to hit rim. I mean, his, his shots are shit that I would be taking yeah. like, right. Like missing so bad <laughs> and a dude who True. isn't athletic yeah. um, and who doesn't have that heart and doesn't have that, you know, on court head is, is, you know, bound to go D two or a uh, mid major. I mean, do you guys see anyone? I mean, is there? Yeah. So let's. No, I don't think so. You. No. no. So let's 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 transition to a coach that pretty much called out his players for not being coachable and not having a heart. I'm I'm talking about Tom Izzo. I'm talking about the mayor of East Lansing, but he's losing his mind with this team. Um, if you listen to his press conferences. I, 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 it sounds like he doesn't sleep at night. Um, it feels like every time you look, there's another Michigan State player that gets injured. Um, his kind of scrappy glue guy, do all player, Kyle Ahrens, um, I think, up in the has year, a back right? injury. And his, no, he's not out. They haven't called him out for the year, but his status is questionable for, um, for Saturday. Obviously, we don't know about Ward. Even though Nick and I think Michigan actually has a better chance to win with Ward in the game, um, I, I mean, you know, we, we said before the season we thought maybe what Sweet Sixteen was doable. Like we thought, we thought this team was good. This team is twenty six and four right now, and, and has a chance, I think, to have the most regular seasons wins in Michigan history. But has their biggest basketball rival Saturday night as Breslin? It's going to be absolutely rocking. Um, I don't know who Michigan State is going to play based on all these injuries. Does it matter, Nick? No, I mean, I think, yeah, this is going to be a dogfight. Yeah. Just as, I mean, yeah, that was a tough game to watch two weeks ago. Yeah, for sure. Um, it was a tough game to watch because it slipped. Yeah, yeah, we could go. It slipped away. Slipped away. But that first, you know, 25 minutes of the game. Yeah. It was such a good game. Yeah. Yeah, it was. I really don't like Michigan State, but it is pretty impressive what they've done this year. Kind of how they keep pulling rabbits out of a hat. Yeah, exactly. Like, they don't have these guys that are all going to be lottery picks. Like, obviously, Cassius Winston is one of the best players, if not going to be the the player of the year in the Big Ten. And I think he might have wrapped that up when he played us and killed us on the road. I think he did. Um, So, it'll be really interesting to see what Beeline does, because I – I honestly think Beeline got out coached at home against Michigan State. Definitely, did. Um, yeah. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see what we're working on. You know, we have a whole week to to get ready. And yeah, Matthews is out. Is that correct? No, not not confirmed. Not confirmed. I, I think even if he's not, I mean, it'd be nice if you could bring off a all Big Ten defensive player off the bench for twenty yeah. minutes a game, wouldn't it? I don't know what we're gonna get out of him, but it'll be really interesting. I I'm nervous. Yeah. Can I can I ask you one? Not so pod friendly question. Would you take Xavier Simpson or Cassius Winston? Dude, Xavier. I don't know. Sean, Xavier, what do you dude. think, man? I, yeah, Cassius is going to be a better NBA player. 
but I don't want anyone else leading this team. I, I, I can't explain it, but I feel like I, I think there, there feels – I think it's a fluidity. Maybe that's what it is. A Simpsons game is so herky-jerky and like yeah. he's either dribbling and controlling everything. To me, I can't explain it with Winston. It just feels smooth like – uh, I'm dude, shot. I mean, Am I crazy here? I think that the Michigan State game, when when Cassius went for what twenty four or whatever, um, it was it was Trey Burke esque, in which you, yeah. he has control the entire game. Like he, it was it was his show, and we're just kind of watching it. Yeah. Uh, what's what's kind of funny is yeah. I actually think that you know, Xavier Simpson almost fits like the state mold a little bit more. Um, yeah, I could certainly see him floor slapping in Breslin, right? If he was he was a Sparty and, and good God, yeah. imagine Cassius with Michigan. Um, dude, oh, I hope Xavier, I slap. hope Xavier slaps floor. No. I saw this yeah. video of the guy slapping the floor the other day and then getting beat. They, I, I think, I think you're like, you give yeah. up 1.8 points per possession after slapping the floor. <laughs> I love it. No, it never works. So, it's so, so it never works. I, yeah, I'm going to, I'm not going to answer that question. I mean, I'm, I'm, Completely happy that we got set second fiddle in the uh, race for the for the best point guard in the Midwest. Sure, but, um, you know, but going going I to looking that. ahead to this game because this is going to be our our last pod prior to the fateful rematch, um, which will be undoubtedly more interesting than the initial um, the initial matchup. What what are we going to do different yeah. to win? Good question. We're not drawing beeline, so you I can mean, all, you can you can always yeah, defer and say, "Hey, we're not getting paid three million bucks a year." But we're we're not getting paid three million bucks a year. But like, yeah, Nick Nick is totally right. They shot. Uh, I think you have to limit the fouls. Yeah. Um. I mean, I guess they had a lot of fouls at the end of the game when we were extending it, but we shot twenty five percent on three. Um. I and think they we're going to get us by two. I maybe out rebounding them. I, I don't know. It, it feels like, I mean, honestly, don't go on a huge offensive drought in the second half when it matters. I mean, what else beyond that can you say? I think really? we're going to play some zone. Really? I really the one three one, like a one three one or something, just to rest our guys a little. Okay. Um, I think the biggest like. Courtesy of Eric Shapiro, I think some of the biggest stats from that game were how tired Xavier Simpson got guarding Winston. Playing all 40 minutes. Playing all 40 minutes. Fighting through probably more than one screen of possession. Like, having to go get through. Like, he was dead. So, I think if they're going small, which they have to do, like, State's going to play small the whole game, like, out of necessity. Um, Depending on who can even go. Yeah, depending on who can play. Yeah. I think that going zone isn't a terrible idea for no. just just shaking it up a little bit and like just trying to get in both the players and in Izzo's head. I think you have to do something like that on the road because this is going to be a crazy game. As you said, 8 p.m. in East Lansing, and it's not like yeah. this team's played any zone all year long. But who's to say they don't have a week to work on it? They'll figure it out with with Yaklet. Just to maybe get eight to ten minutes of it to figure them out and make. State call a timeout. I think that's a great point that Nick brings up is State is playing three games in eight days, and we have a full week to prepare for them. And it's not like we have to fly really far. You know, we're going to get up Saturday morning or Saturday afternoon and drive over there or whatever it is, an hour. Um, I think that really helps. I think that means you can prep at your own gym in your home gym and 
just be as absolutely – I mean, it's like an NCAA tournament. Yeah. You know, you have five days to prepare for the team, and this is the first of, you know, presumably two – what would be two NCAA tournament games. I, I think that's there's a huge difference. Um, I'm really interested to see what happens with State. I think they play Wednesday. They're playing, I think, either at home or on the – they play – Home against Nebraska. Now, as we've seen, Nebraska's finished. So they could roll out five walk-ons and beat Nebraska by double digits. So you might not be able to learn much, but they still have to go out and roll the ball out and play the game. I think that helps. Them. I mean, Strong, who knows how much who knows how much, you know, a tune-up game against Nebraska is gonna really help. When when thinking about the game and and you know, that this is a question I certainly don't have the answer to. Michigan State only had six turnovers, which was their season low. Michigan's the number one defense in the country. We need to be forcing more than six turnovers to, yeah. to have a fighting chance. Uh, yeah. The concern for me is thinking about and you know, reflecting on the game. You know, we just are there are their defense just clamped us down. But also at the end of the t- at the end of the game, they scored seventy seven points on us. Right? They they shredded our offense as well. So there's issues on both sides of the ball. I think one thing that Anthony Wright actually pointed out on Twitter was how hard, I don't even know if you want to call it hedging. I'm not sure the, the perfect term for it, but how much Teske had to go out to, to face guard Cassius to prevent those three opportunities, which would then. Yeah. Hedging. Over hedging. Oh, Jordan Morgan even yeah, exactly. So hundred percent. Maybe you have to live with Cassius, a 50% three point shooter taking those shots. Um, what's the other option though? Like, how 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 did Indi- how did Indiana beat them twice? Yeah. Uh, they probably overlooked him, and Izzo made some nonsense excuses. Yeah, I, don't I know. mean, maybe we just I, I really, I we just call up Sean Miller and see or Archie Miller or whatever the fuck his name is, and uh, and play off that, but. They, they both may be on our podcast next Absolutely. year if things continue Absolutely. on this trajectory. <laughs> we may have to be spending them off. We're making it. Yeah. So should we should we make predictions? I know the last time we made predictions, uh, Sean and I predicted a loss at Minnesota and a win against Michigan State, and we went zero for two. So don't listen or trust us. But Nikki, since you were right, yeah, I think you said no. I think you said win at double win State. We'll let you. Start. No, I I think I said win in Minnesota lose or well you at least you at least got a win that week. Sean and I got went zero for two, so we'll Um, let you start. Yeah, I mean, I'm not super confident again. It was it's pretty Mm -hmm. tough because state looks so good to like against us. Um, and like we were saying, I think they play better against us when they don't have Ward on the floor, definitely because they can switch one through five, and that kind of really confuses us. Yep. Um, and we have a big that's big enough that it can wall up Ward like we did last exactly. year too. and get him frustrated. Exactly. And yeah, and those twenty minutes are, are pluses for us, not for them. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I think if we if if we come in and we are the Michigan team that that gets you know hits their open shots and doesn't. Seemed like for the first three quarters of the Maryland game, we yep. front rim every single front time. Yeah. Team couldn't get, like it was just very weird. Well, that that Teske, speaking of front rim, that yeah. Teske stat that he doesn't really have to deal with against Tillman as much as he went one for thirteen on threes against Maryland. 
I don't know if we mentioned that, but a lot he of shot those, 13 threes total <laughs> in the two games. Oh, okay. one for six and one for seven. But a lot of that had to do with Cardin Fernando. He was exhausted having to do that. He wanted to have to do that in this game. I, I think, look, I, I, I think he's just got to step out and shoot the first one with confidence. And if it goes, it goes. And if it doesn't, then I, I don't know. But I, I do worry that he ends up taking seven, eight threes in this game. If Tillman just says, fuck it, shoot it. Yeah, I didn't give a prediction. My prediction yeah. is Michigan's going to sneak out. Oh, you think so? I think we're going to do it. Yeah. I'm really against all odds. I think we're going to do it. And I'll even top that. We'll win. We're going to win, I think, like 67 to like 60, 64. Like we're going to hit a late three and then get a stop. And we're going to have to be drinking a lot. Oh, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) 1,000%. I'll I'll tell you. I'll I'll even against. I'll even put a better prediction. I predict Purdue's going to lose. Yeah. I, on Wednesday. Well, you I was going to get to that. Sorry. You, you rushed, Sorry. You yeah. rushed me. We'll talk about our Big Ten tourney plans and okay. how that affects our it, it, our partying and our, our bar our bar games versus our, our watching at the United Center. Um, Sean, Sean, Sean yeah, predictions. Yeah, I love the optimism, Nikki. I would say that, you know, despite the famed Xavier versus Cassius battle, um, I actually think that the, the reason why we lost was largely due to the Matt McQuaid and Jordan Poole matchup. You guys remember um, it was right after we were up by seven. Michigan State called a timeout. They promptly had a empty possession up until two seconds left, and McQuaid pump faked an NBA three, got Jordan Poole off his feet, and you know got fouled and sank those three free throws. That was the turning point in the game, and it seemed yeah. like every fucking time yeah. Mac McQuaid would pump fake, and one of our guys would be jumping. Um, yeah, so I, honestly, I think that Jordan Poole yep. can kind of stay net-net with Matt McQuaid. Uh, that could be the key to to an upset victory. Um, I think it's going to be a 66-64 game uh, with, with Michigan State's offense becoming very one-sided or one-dimensional with a either Cassius Winston make or Cassius Winston assist. Um, but at, at the end of the day, I think... No, not necessarily. No, I guess not necessarily a bad thing, but it's uh, worse than Matt McQuaid scoring on us, um, or Kyle Arns. Not Kyle Arns, but who's that other guy who who scored? Um, what was his name? Goins. Goins. Yeah, exactly. Goins, who tore us up the first Goins. half of the first game. Yeah, he's been so good for them this year. By the way, just like 66-64 Michigan guy. State. Yeah, I agree. He's Ben Carter, that Izzo never got. Yeah, yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. Um, yeah, I I actually think um, I think we're going to come in and win this game pretty handily. I know that's a really ballsy call, but yeah, I think I think we win this game. I'm going to say 76-64. Um, I think there's just something right now that Izzo just seems really fed up. Um, I think Nick Ward is going to play in this game. And I think that's actually going to hurt them. I think Aaron's is going to play and not be a hundred percent. I don't know. There was something about the Maryland game where I know we didn't, you know, come out and, and, and kill them. But like, I think Maryland one through five or one through eight or whatever you want to say is actually more talented than Michigan state. Um, and I think that Fernando, you know, had a lot of huge blocks and ultimately was the reason that Michigan wasn't able to extend that into a 10 or 15 point game. Um, state doesn't have a rim protector like Fernando. Um, and I think, 
I don't know. You know, I think with Simpson, he he took the first matchup really personal. Um, I think he just. I, I think Maryland. Uh, sorry, I think Michigan State just beats Nebraska like we did by twenty or thirty points, and they come in a little too yeah. cocky and confident. And uh, I think we catch them. I, I think you know they've they've had a little bit of luck, um, and obviously they play well at Breslin, but I don't. I don't know. I I feel like. I feel like we are on the precipice of Izzo and State having a meltdown, like a potential where they're a three seed or a two seed or whatever it is, and they lose to a team they shouldn't lose to in the second round of the tournament. Like, oh, there's nothing I would love more. It happens. It definitely happens, and it feels like this is the team it's going it's to happen to um, in kind of a weird way, and we'll, now we can get to the Big Ten tournament, but it feels like Purdue is like Carson Edwards, Kemba kind of thing, where like they have a couple guys that are maybe good enough to kind of carry them. I think – you know, Kemba's UConn supporting cast was better. I think this Purdue team is pretty much like a bunch of IM players. I really don't know how they keep winning. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Um, but now that we're getting to Purdue, tomorrow night, Tuesday, is a huge game for the Big Ten. It's a huge game for our Friday in Chicago plans. Um, if Michigan – if Purdue loses – Is that tomorrow? It's tomorrow night. Oh, I thought it was Wednesday. Tomorrow night, if – Purdue loses, and then Michigan is able to hold serve as the three of us uh, optimistically predicted on Saturday. Michigan will sneak out with the number one seed in the Big Ten tournament as a byproduct of beating Purdue in their lone matchup. Um, I'd say really lucky because Purdue, at least playing-wise, is a totally different team than they were when we played them, I think, in December. Um, that would be huge. That's how I see it playing out. I think I think Minnesota is going to be punch drunk <laughs> tomorrow night. I think uh, Ricky Patino and his uh, fighting for his job, his, his cocaine fueled sweats are. Uh, I, I think I think they win one tomorrow, and maybe they win one in the Big Ten tournament. But I would not be surprised to see old Ricky in uh, in Dayton for the first four. But I think they win tomorrow night, and it seals their bid. Uh, Sean, how do you see so, the rest of the Big Ten? I mean, Purdue Minnesota is the game, right? Nebraska, or sorry, Northwestern seems like they have one of the worst offenses yep. um, in the last five They're years in any Big Ten team. Maybe save Rutgers. We, we almost got yeah. them, by the way. I can't believe that almost happened. What so fun. when Michigan we went in and beat game, Minnesota, yeah. the crowd seemed kind of tepid, and that's what the reporter said. It wasn't. It wasn't the barn that it used to be. Um, you know, and this is do or die time, just like it was against Michigan, right? If you if you win one of those games, all of a sudden you're you're in. I agree with you, Josh. I have no I have no clue how yeah. Purdue's gone fifteen and three in the Big Ten, um, right? It's crazy because they really have one star who exactly. on any given night can go four for twenty. Like they managed to beat forty eight to forty six. That's not a Oh, no. typo. No. That's so, crazy. But, yeah, but no, it's, it's crazy. I think yeah, that, um, you know, their big guy, Harms, actually has really stepped it up, shooting 55, 65% from the from the field. Really uh, I think it's going to be a close game. These these They've had squeakers, right? Um, but at the end of the day, I think Purdue's actually going to win. And you know what? If there's one team that's going to beat up, beat us for the regular season cha- championship, I'd give it to Matt Painter. He's a class act. T- t- typically, he folds in March in in March Madness and in the tournament. So, I'm not actually concerned by by playing them um, 
And personally and completely uh, selfishly, I'd actually be fine with us being a two seed because that means we play at 6 p.m. and I don't have to take off work or miss the game. So, well, well, you're not missing. The I game. want the one seed, so we don't we don't have to go to the United Center at six. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to go. Through we'll take the train. I'll, the I'll, I'll help you out. Come on, man. Or I guess the bus, but whatever. Yeah, we'll see. We need to win. We need. Yeah, I, I think. Yeah. What do you think? You're. Are you hoping I think for optimism? Or are you actually think optimism? But I. I think that somehow. Yeah. I think crazy, Minnesota wins. Crazy Patino. Right? Yeah. He literally reminds me of like the Colin Farrell character in Crazy Bosses or whatever that movie is. Horrible Bosses. Horrible oh, Bosses. I love that. I love that. Is, yeah. He is. He is such a strange looking guy when he's coaching, and I don't know. I always have liked like the barn and hopefully they can they can rile up the fans for one last home game i can't explain why they're not good because murphy is a really really good player um mcbrayer's good coffee's an nba guy like i just don't otour is a nice piece like how can they not put it together is that yeah. coaching i think it has to be right because they've had the same kind of setup for the last few years they yeah. had Whatever his name was, guy that got kicked out of school, Reggie. Uh, oh, Reggie Lynch. Reggie was really Lynch good. Was really good. Really, really good. They had the point guard, Nate. Nate whatever Mason. Nate Mason. He it. was really good. Yeah. Like, it's got to be coaching. Right? I, like, I think so. Yeah, they've had good. Like on paper, their teams have been like sneaky top five Big Ten teams for sure. For and sure. they never can fit. Never can figure it out. Yeah, I mean the only the only good thing about. Uh, Purdue's game tomorrow is they've lost their three losses in the Big Ten are at Michigan, at Michigan State, at Maryland. Um, they beat Penn State in overtime. They won it with confident overtime, and they won it in Nebraska. Oh, Sean, 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 you're killing us here. All right. Anyway, they won it in Nebraska by three. They won it in Indiana by two. They don't play well on the road. Um, so, um, I think that should be at least a little bit of a good sign for, uh, tomorrow night. Anything else that we want to touch on? I'm, I'm still here. Sean, I'm still are here. Are you still there or what happened, man? Did you, what, did you run into a, uh, well, I got to start making food. So I, uh, fired up the, uh, the pan and it was a little too hot. Um, of course you did. Champions of the West, you're I'm a go on professional mute. podcast here. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, Nikki, is there anything else? No. I think I think that's it. Um, we're extremely excited. Kind of a nice week for us. Uh, two big wins. We get off until Saturday night. Um, for I know, the big one. I know it's going to be rocking in Breslin. It's definitely going to be rocking here on East 34th. Uh, if you're listening to this and you're in the New York area, uh, like and subscribe and, and comment and we'll we'll invite you over and dream of hook shots dream of hook shots uh for sean for nick for josh for uh that's all i gotta say at the top is where i stay and tell my haters never go away the Long awaited, hated, fans see me out and they holler happy belated. It's about time that you made it. I was bumping your songs when nobody else played it. When I was up in-